there are events that test our mettle and our resolve. As we move through this crisis, how are we coping, adapting, fighting on? Join us for local stories of perseverance, creativity, and contributing to community as we showcase Detroit area leaders who share their thoughts and stories and discuss how they and their organizations are managing adversity and serving others. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward and Metro Detroiters who are pivoting, evolving, and moving ahead. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward. I'm John Gay. As we prepare to open businesses back up across the state, there seem to be more questions than answers. When? How? Why? My guest today helps companies navigate these uncharted waters. She's the member in charge of the Detroit office of Clark Hill PLC, recognized as one of the top 200 law firms in the country. Maria Dwyer, welcome to Michigan Motors Forward. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. And I'd like to start right there in your office at Clark Hill. You're the first woman to lead the office in the firm's 130-year history, but not your only first. You're the one that had to make the call to send everybody home (laughs) to work remotely. That's true. If you could, just walk us through that. And what was that like a couple months ago? That was a crazy time. And it still is a crazy time, John. So we were starting to have some shift work in our office. We had some folks working from home and others working in the office, trying to uh, work through social distancing. And this was all new to all of us. And then the governor came down with her order and we realized that we had to make some quick changes and immediately have everyone work remote. We have a little less than, I believe, a thousand employees nationwide. We have 25 offices from coast to coast. And so to immediately immobilize this entire workforce was a challenge. IT worked fearlessly and ferociously to get that all accomplished. And after about a week, I would say things started to smooth out. We had some initial calls with our folks where they were having difficulties log on. But thankfully, we've been working pretty seamlessly over the course of the last five weeks. And I'm having some folks already question when they'll be able to return to the office. So that's our next focus. For a lot of companies, it might be as simple as something with Google or Microsoft Teams or Zoom or an online meeting like that, but not as easy in your arena because you're working in law, you're working with some confidential information. That had to be an extra layer of the challenge, right? It was, you know, and in particular for our litigators, and we do a lot of litigation as well in labor and employment, and it's very document intensive. So we had a lot of folks purchasing big printers to work from home. We do have our Canon office staff working here. So we have a couple of folks still remaining in the office who are necessary workers, as the governor has uh, deemed them and SISA has deemed them to be, because they're here so that we can continue to work remotely. I'm here as a necessary worker, and there are about five other folks, like I said, that are here every day. But the courts have also had to adopt, so as it relates to limiting in-person hearings, holding things via Zoom, we're even having mediations now via Zoom. So quickly, I think many of us have adopted to this new normal, unfortunately. What other types of technology have you had to employ to have a firm that's got the history that yours does to all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're in this pandemic and it's 2020 and everybody's working from home. What other tools have you had to employ? Good question, John. So thankfully, our IT team did see this coming uh, in early March and they ordered additional computers and additional software that was needed so that we could deploy all of our workers to work from home. And so that was immediately done. 
issuing new laptops to our administrative assistants and some of our accounting team members and some of our other folks that aren't traditionally with a laptop. All of our attorneys already have laptops across our firm. So that was a big plus that she already had that underway. And I would say some other things we did, we have VPN access. I don't know if it's called the same thing, John, in all other uh, areas of the business world. Logging in securely so you're dealing in with your work securely and not just out there on the internet for anybody to access it. Right. And because we're dealing with attorney-client communications, that was critical. So we had to make sure that our folks from home were aware of all of our safety measures and safety protocols. We had to increase our licensing on our VPN so that we could have the increased personnel working from home. But other than that, thankfully, things seem to be pretty uh, seamless. A lot of folks seem to be enjoying it, and we have seemed to find our balance. My wife and I got a dog a couple weeks ago, and she it seemed to be the perfect time because we're both working from home. So <laughs> Wait till you head back to work. I hear our pets are going to have emotional uh, distress and anxiety yeah. with their owners going back to work. A little separation anxiety, but you mentioned going back to work and that you're getting ready to bring some of your team back. You've also pivoted the practice to advising employers on how to bring their teams back. How has that piece of it fallen in and what kinds of conversations are you having with employers as Michigan gets ready to go back to work? So employment law has, as I'm sure you can imagine, been incredibly busy over the course of the last five weeks. I heard someone quote on another segment I was doing a few days ago that since this has started, there have been over 187 new laws that have been put out, both state law and federal laws. So can you imagine all of us scrambling in all of our different offices to learn all these new laws? A big piece of that was our Family First Act that went into play on April 1st, giving additional time to workers who are ill with COVID or needed to stay home to care for children. That was a big piece of legislation that we all had to get up to speed on quickly. And in addition to that, now we are working with our employers and clients to ensure that they are safely bringing their workforces back and doing it very thoughtfully. I think that some companies are eager to open their doors, but we're advising to take it slowly and to do it mindfully, make sure you have all the processes in place so that everyone comes back and they feel safe and secure in the workplace. And I know there are so many different industries and every single one is different, but can you give me a sense of what some of these precautions are and some of these measures are that just generally speaking that some of these employers need to undertake to start to bring people back? I think a good place to start is with the law. And so here in Michigan, we know that the governor uh, has issued an extension on her emergency order. So keeping in mind that essentially throughout this process, she has pointed us to the CDC guidelines and federal law has pointed us to those guidelines as well. So I would take a good look at the CDC guidelines and that can serve as your base point for how you will mindfully and carefully bring back your workforce. Things like making sure that you've purchased enough PPE, having to give all of your employees a mask when they come back to work. Are you in a location where you are required to take temperatures as folks come into the workplace? And even if you aren't, do you want to do that so that your employees feel safe when they're coming in because they know that everyone's being tested? Wayne County and Oakland County, in addition to other counties, but those are local to you and I, John, those two counties have mandated health screenings that are required for employees and employers to administer before their workers come back in. I have some clients who are doing some very cool things with that, and they're having the questionnaire put on an app or something where the employee can use his or her phone to answer the five or six questions before they enter the building 
on a given day, and then it lets you in. Uh, tying your answers and your responses to either a green light or a red light, either you're coming in or you're not that day. People are thinking outside the box and trying to eliminate having people walk off the elevator, right, John, and be greeted by a thermometer and a questionnaire. That's not a very welcoming way to bring the workforce back. I'm just picturing one of those like temporal scan thermometers just pointed at you as soon as the elevator door opens. And that's not an image that I don't think anybody wants to see when they get back to the office. No. So we're even talking about nice things like, okay, we do have to provide the face mask. It's going to look differently, right? When people reopen and folks start coming back to work. And so can we give little goodie bags, right? With maybe a face mask and some hand lotion, because all of us have, you know, (laughs) red and dry hands at this point from so many washings. So some hand lotion, a face mask, a pair of gloves, you know, some fun little things in a bag that uh, we can greet employees with instead of the thermometer, right? Maybe putting up some signs and then doing things. Each facility is going to be different, right? Even amongst our 25 offices, each of the members in charge of our offices uh, has to come up with his or her own plan that establishes, are we going to leave the cafes open? What are we doing with little things like ice machines and bathrooms? How are we social distancing in the office each day? Will there be one-way markings on the floor so that everyone's walking clockwise so that we don't cross each other. I mean, it's just going to be very different and it will take a lot for all of us to get used to some of these new protocols. But the point being, John, that we want to make sure that our employees remain safe, that they feel comfortable coming back into the office and that they're assured that we're doing everything that we can to make sure that they stay safe while they're here. Maria, you mentioned, of course, working in the law, that everything does start with the law, whether it's federal guidelines and also the individual states of different offices. But I'd also have to imagine that all these employers are having their own personality come in, like you said, whether it's goodie bags or how it's set up, that you start with what you're required to do by the law. But I would imagine some employers are going above and beyond and some are, forgive the phrasing here, but making this adventure their own. That's true, John. Yes. And as long as it's within the confines of the law, I say go for it. Do what you can to bring people back and make them productive and put a smile on their faces when they walk in, right? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people are going to be coming back to work, but I feel like there are a lot of people who may be working less in the office or not going back to the office at all. I think of my wife, for example, she works in finance. She's been working from home since roughly St. Patrick's Day, and she's in no rush to get back to the office because she can get everything done she needs to get done by Google Hangouts with her team and through spreadsheets and shared docs and everything they need. So I'd imagine that looking forward, there'll be a lot more working from home and that dynamic in the workplace is going to change overall. Oh, I agree with you, John. Here at Clark Hill, we're going to be issuing a survey in the next day or two asking our workforce, Would you? how are you working from home? Are you able to get your work done? Do you think you need to come back in the office? Because although the governor may lift this order effective uh, May 15 for law firms, we don't know. We know that likely some other operations will start to open back up. But as you begin to open up again, being mindful about that process and keeping folks at home, potentially initially, who can continue to work productively from home and bringing back those workers who need to be in the office to get all of their essential job functions done. So here at Clark Hill, we're looking at phasing um, maybe 30 percent the first week and then two weeks later, another 20 or 30 percent and so on and so forth until we get everyone back in. But I've had some folks email me already, John, to say, please put me down first. I want to be the first one back. 
And I've had other folks say, can we continue to work from home? So I welcome uh, the input from our staff and from our attorneys. And I think that it's going to be very interesting to get some of those results back in the next couple of days. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Based on very informal and anecdotal polling amongst my friends, I would venture to guess that the folks that are wanting to come back first may be the ones with kids at home. (laughs) Well, it's funny, John. Like everything else in life, you know, the grass is always greener, so we say, right? So I have kids (laughs) at home and I have a sitter watching my kids and doing homework with them. And then I'm home at the end of the day going over all of that. So I tell my friends who are home, I wish I was home every day, but I'm in the office. And they say, oh, gosh, I wish I was in the office. So, you know. No one's ever uh, 100% happy, John, right? Right. Maria Dwyer from Clark Hill PLC, thank you for your time today, and thank you for the work that you're doing in navigating such a changing target, it seems. We're recording this on May 5th, and by the time you're listening to this, something else may have changed because everything is changing so quickly. I know it can be a challenge to stay on top of everything in such a dynamic environment, but we appreciate the work you do, and we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, John. Stay safe. Michigan Motors Forward is produced by Jag and Detroit Podcasts in partnership with Tanner Friedman Strategic Communications. Subscribe for free on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found.